Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Thank you for joining us in another romp around the radio playground. I apologise if I sound a bit husky this week. I'm afraid COVID-19 has eventually caught up with me, so I'm self-isolating in the radio shack. (laughs) which is not all that different to usual. (laughs) And uh, while I was sitting in the shack minding my own business a couple of days ago, we had our first thunderstorm, which unexpectedly came right over us. I quickly unplugged antennas, as I always do. But it made me think that there are two schools of thought about how to make yourself as safe as you can from lightning strikes during thunderstorms, especially if you have high aerials cabled into the house. Some say you should earth all of your antennas, but isn't this providing an even more attractive path to the ground for lightning? Or are the electrons spraying out in the atmosphere, dispelling the focus of your antenna? So the other opinion is that you should disconnect your antennas, even perhaps throwing the feeders out of the window. How much good does that actually do? Because lightning has already arced a path, sometimes over several miles through the air, so a small air gap between your coax and your radios, or indeed you, may be no impediment to such immense forces anyway. Well, I still favour the second option, but I have still experienced sparks in the shack during thunderstorms, and I've got a great video of a large transmitting capacitor here ticking rhythmically as sparks jump across its plates, not due to lightning, but due to the static in rain striking the aerial. Anyway, let's move on to this episode's stories, and it's a smorgasbord of diverse items this time. Ninety years ago, the amazing pilot Amelia Earhart became the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. Some years after this achievement, she attempted to circumnavigate the Earth, but went missing mid-flight and was never recovered. But this month, there is much to celebrate on both sides of the pond about her achievements. Radio amateurs in Derry, Londonderry and Kansas will be on the air to celebrate the 90th anniversary of the transatlantic crossing by pioneering aviator Amelia Earhart. On May 20th, 1932, piloting a Lockheed Vega 5B, Earhart made a non-stop solo transatlantic flight. She set off from Newfoundland, intending to fly to Paris. Nearly 15 hours later, she landed in Robert Gallagher's cow pasture in Ballyarnott in Derry, Londonderry, Northern Ireland. She was the first woman to achieve such a feat. She received the United States Distinguished Flying Cross for this accomplishment. 
Amelia Earhart has several commemorative memorials named in her honour around the United States, including an urban park, an airport, a residence hall, a museum, a research foundation, a bridge, a cargo ship, a dam, four schools, a hotel, a playhouse, a library and multiple roads. She also has a minor planet and a newly discovered lunar crater named after her. So, in Northern Ireland, Golf Bravo Zero Alpha Echo Lima will be active between the 13th of May and the 30th of May 2022. The Northwest Group Amateur Radio Club Station, Mike November Zero November Whiskey Golf, will host the activation on most dates throughout the event, and on the 21st of May, they will also be active from the cow pasture in which Amelia touched down on her epic flight. You can find out more about the operation by looking up Golf Bravo Zero Alpha Echo Lima at qrz.com. And over in the USA, Kilo Charlie Zero Victor Yankee Sierra will be on the air from the Amelia Earhart Memorial Airport, near to the city of Atchison in the state of Kansas, starting at 21 hours UTC on May the 20th and ending at 15 hours UTC on the 21st. And again, more details of this station can be found at qrz.com. There's nothing like a disparaging rant about amateur radio to get the heckles up. And a recent letter published in a communications magazine managed to get much of the ham radio community venting their fury. The magazine Radio World has been flooded with letters defending amateur radio after Bert Fisher, Kilo One Oscar India Kilo, wrote disparaging remarks about the hobby in the March 16th, 2022 issue. In a long and, at times, strongly worded letter, Mr Fisher said that in his opinion it's rare that radio hams do anything but cackle by participating in contests where they exchange either useless or false information. He said that profanity on ham frequencies is banned, yet heard frequently. He said that radio amateurs are granted a licence for public service, which most never do. In his view, nothing hams have done in the last 50 years advanced anything that other hams could benefit from. He described the amateur radio examinations as pathetic and that five-year-olds had passed them. As a former chief engineer in broadcasting, Mr Fisher, who is perhaps bewilderingly a radio ham himself, said that to be a broadcast engineer like him, you actually had to know something. Well, the inflammatory nature of Mr Fisher's letter ignited fury in the amateur radio world. Amongst the many responses Radio World subsequently published in their letters section, one respondent said that they were disheartened to read his disparaging comments about amateur radio. Most hams were dedicated to their craft and continuously sought to improve their knowledge, operating skills and ability to provide emergency communications. One writer opined that Bert Fisher was perhaps not aware of the many new technologies that amateur radio embraces, including a host of groundbreaking digital modes that provide reliable communications during marginal conditions. Another radio ham wanted to remind Mr Fisher that for over 100 years, many things taken for granted in the broadcast industry were initially spearheaded by the amateur radio community and eventually co-opted by commercial interests. 
Another fellow radio amateur was in disdain of such an inflammatory letter about amateur radio, stating that it contained falsehoods begging to be corrected. For example, that profanity was more likely common on broadcast radio than on the amateur bands. In their opinion, amateur radio had met one of its major stated purposes to encourage the growth of wireless experimentation and self-training. They considered it unfortunate that the author of the original letter seemed to be ignorant of the vast amount of educational material published by the American Radio Relay League, the USA National Amateur Radio Society. What you've just heard is just a small precy of the original letter from Bert Fisher and from the many respondents. Seek out this story on the Southgate Amateur Radio News website, where you will find links to the various Radio World editions containing the full correspondence, and which you can download. Radio World is a really interesting and distinguished publication, which you can find at www.radioworld.com. We're very focused on the cost of energy at the moment. Record high bills rolling in, while the power companies appear to be making record profits. It's made many of us think about how to reduce our power consumption, not only turning down thermostats or having shorter showers, but also worrying about devices which have a standby mode rather than turning them off completely. Many domestic items, such as televisions and internet equipment, tend to be left in standby, including several devices in my own radio shack here. But by leaving items plugged into the supply, they are often drawing small amounts of power, which some point out can accumulate over long time periods. But are we resigned to this? And how big a problem is it? UK energy supplier British Gas hit the headlines last week with a report that focused on vampire devices. That is, they consume power while plugged in but on standby. With record high electricity prices across Europe at the moment, the article intended to advise consumers to unplug or switch off wall chargers and other devices rather than leave them in standby, thus saving energy costs. Unfortunately, it turned out that the report used old data from 2015 in the United States, and British Gas commissioned a survey around the data, but found that 84% of respondents already knew about vampire devices, and most weren't overly bothered by their small-scale consumption of standby power. The reasons for this seemed clear in the data. A mobile phone charger plugged in costs just £1.26 a year in energy costs. Internet routers, which consume about £19 worth of electricity a year, increasingly need to stay powered up all the time to provide vital online services. The report's victim-blaming also does a disservice to the power engineers that have been innovating for a decade to boost the efficiency of power conversion devices and meet the European Union's ever-tighter energy specifications to reduce or even eliminate the amount of wasted energy consumed by devices in standby. New designs in both silicon and gallium nitride are driving up efficiencies, moving from 95% to 97, 98 or even 99% efficiency, especially at low load, cutting power losses by up to 80%, making a dramatic contribution to energy efficiency. The higher frequencies of gallium nitride are also allowing for physically smaller charger designs, designs where the charger are actually located within the power socket. And innovation in silicon also continues to advance. 
Several manufacturers now provide these in-socket designs. Some silicon controllers reach 99% efficiency using a resonant conversion topology. Using these modules allows all the capacitive and inductive elements to be included in the resonant frequency to achieve that peak efficiency. The full article is a jolly interesting read. Just go to www.eenewspower.com. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.